I V M. Hi, welcome to another episode of a show about crypto. And last week we spent some time delving into the world of DeFi or decentralized finance. Today, I'd like to focus on a more specific aspect of decentralized finance, which is the DAO or the Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And to discuss DAOs with me, I have with me Gaurav Gad, who is the head of research and crypto expert at Capital Buyer. Gaurav, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It, it, it's so great to talk to you. And so I'm going to jump right into it. Gaurav, what is a DAO in the world of decentralized finance? So Ron, if I talk about DAO, DAO is Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So as the name suggests, it's an organization that is fully automated. An organization that fully run on codes. So okay. as far, uh, we store information at the present scenario through humans. So for example, yes. if I want to know how, how much hiring a new person would cost, I'll ask Ajit from the human resource department. If yes. I want to know, if I want to get my travels reimbursed, I'll ask Shubham from the accounts department. Okay. Instead, in DAO, we have codes that uh, we use as smart contracts through the help of Ethereum technology. And okay. through this, computers automatically takes over much of our decision making and operations we see nowadays. Okay. So the end so result is we... Yeah, yeah. How, so does, that, how does that work? Sorry. So the final control is actually taken still by humans because uh, the, the shareholders, they have that voting right, just like regular cooperations. So they dictate general directions of accepting or declining any sort of initiatives that has taken place. So uh, at the present scenario, another crazy thing about DAO is there is total of $1 billion of uh, value that is locked in uh, smart contracts and approximately 65,000 members are on that. So it is not that new. Okay, 65,000 members are part of this one, you're saying of this one DAO? No, of the entire AUM, that is Asset Under Management of uh, DAO. Okay, and so sorry, to just get out of, because I have somebody that does not understand complicated jargon. When you say Asset Under Management of a DAO and 65,000 people, could you just break that down for me a little bit, please? So what I'm trying to say is, there are various DAOs that are present in the market. So sure. for each DAO, there are different funding. So if I take an example, there was a DAO called The DAO, which took place in 2016. So they had an ICO launch and that event yes. ra- ran for 15 days. So in that, the funding that they were looking for, they actually gained $150 million of funding through that event. So that is the total asset under management. They had that function. Right. So after that, there were various certain incidents that happened uh, that took place. So that is the overall asset under management of each and every DAO that we follow. Right. So since you brought up the DAO, some of the events that transpired at the DAO led to the fork in Ethereum, if I'm not mistaken, and essentially the deviation into Ethereum Classic and the Ethereum that we sort of use more broadly today. So my question here is, this is obviously not a foolproof enterprise. Could you shed some light on what happened with the DAO in 2016? Yeah, I'll, I'll share the exa- uh, the entire story. Uh, it was a very well-known DAO, which I mentioned earlier, the DAO. Uh, it was formed by an investor that was directed by Venture Capital and it was founded in 2016. And it actually got famous because of its failure. Right. The ICO, that DAO, was, it was collected, like uh, they collected a staggering amount of $150 billion, million dollars. Right, right. And more than almost 18,000 investors participated on a 15-day funding event 
shortly after the DAO account was hacked. And the unknown attacker stole almost $15 million worth of Ethereum. Wow. And then as a result, that Ethereum had to result and enter into a hard fork. And that's where Ethereum and Ethereum Classic came into the picture. Correct. So after this event, the investors actually supported the subside and uh, the incident. And the event has actually been famous, an example of how fragile a DAO can be to certain attacks. Right, right. So so given that a DAO can be so fragile to certain attacks, and given that it's not a perfect system, what are certain advantages then that a DAO has over a traditional organization, which while again, uh, I'm not saying traditional organizations are not susceptible to things like hacks or attacks, but what advantage does a DAO give you that then makes this sort of fragility or this vulnerability worth it? So uh, Rohan, if I compare the uh, DAOs with traditional organization, I'll first I'll uh, point out the major pointers that are uh, DAOs are usually flat and these are fully uh, democratized. And traditional organizations are generally structural. Yes. If I compare it with the traditional enterprises, the greater advantage of DAO is greater transparency. Because anybody is able to see all your actions and funds that is there in DAO. And it actually reduces the risk of corruption or censorship. So if I talk about any listed companies that are present there in the market, you are only able to see the audited financial statements on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. once they are released. But in DAOs, the balance sheet is actually, uh, it actually exists to the public at any given time. At any given time, you can check the financials or the transactions of a DAO organization. But then, however, if I also compare traditional organizations, DAO is easier to access globally. And because it has a very low uh, barrier to entry. And given higher transparency and lower barrier to entry, uh, if there are DAO members who do not agree with the rules and actions, so the switching cost may be relatively low. Yeah, the switching so the, cost to what? To in the sense? the Because if I want to go from a domestic perspective to global, the switching right. cost won't take much time because you're on a virtual platform. Sure. And so through this bribery, networking, nepotism, this won't work in DAO. And because of that strong consistency makes DAO a reliable business partner because such an organization is harder to put under pressure. And it will be very difficult to put any sort of ban from the operating somewhere, like if they are operating from anywhere. If I give a very short example, for example, if uh, CBI is practicing by forcing companies into cooperating, that won't okay. work anymore because there is no central authority to put under pressure. And right. DOs are often stateless and distributed over millions of computers. So there is no single government that could decide to take it uh, to take it down. Right. To then come at it another way, right? On the one hand, you're saying, yes, and I, and I agree with you, right? It's great that you won't have things like bribery or corruption or nepotism or any of those things. But the flip side to that coin is that while traditional structures do have those things, they also have that human touch also has another side to it, which is that they have redressal mechanisms that have a human side to them. Like today, for example, if I have a problem or if I have something like that, or today, let's talk about today, whether it's harassment or whatever, there is an HR person I can go to or there's if if say something is done wrong or if there's a salary error or whatever there's a human being i can go to and have that checked out so how does a dao take care of that stuff so uh, i'll give you a very short example like you might have heard of a vending machine right yep so vending machine is meant to make a human life better through my, mm-hmm. through, through technology so at this certain point you are stuck with technology because uh, that is not entirely dao 
यू नीड ह्यूमन इंटरवेंशन टू मेक इट कम्प्लीटली डी सो फॉर एग्जाम्पल इफ योर इन्वेंट्री गोज डाउन ऑन देंडिंग मशीन यू हैव टू फिल इट मैनुअली यू हैव टू पे योर इलेक्ट्रिसिटी बिल्स ऑफ द वेंडिंग मशीन मैनुअली यू हैव टू टेक आउट द कैश फ्रॉम द वेंडिंग मशीन मैनुअली सो वॉट डी एव डिज यू फिल ऑल द नोट ऑफ दोज इन्वेंट्रीज थ्रू कोड्स So, for example, right. if I have electricity bill of X Y Z dollars and I have to fill that, I have to pay that bill. That bill would be automatically paid. The money would be automatically connected from each nodes. So, once okay. you make that entire system autonomous, you achieve a DAO. So, at in the present scenario, there are not much companies who are fully DAOs, except sure. a few. But then there are various companies who are into partial DAOs. So, if I give an example, Uber can be a part of partial DAO. How so? See, Uber. The job of Uber is to get you f- from one place to another, but they don't own any taxis. What they do is they connect you from the passengers to the cab drivers, and once you book, after you achieve everything, the only task where humans are involved are the operational aspects on the back end. So that is how it's into a partial DAO stage. It only gets into entire DAO stage when. there are no humans involved in the entire process of uber so that is why when i say that the uh, there are organizations who are into partial dios this is the ent- exact reason why i'm stating that all right we're going to take a short break we are in conversation with gorav garg about daos and we will continue right after this and we are back from our ad break and a word from our sponsors because we have sponsors and we are in conversation with gorav garg about daos you mentioned that these organizations are decentralized and stateless which then makes it impossible for say a single government to shut them down or anything like that but right. again then how do you handle jurisdictional issues in cases of if the organization is involved in say if there's a is there a fraud or there's a hack or if there's any of those things how do how does jurisdiction work in case of any kind of i mean yes i know that a dao was built to avoid malpractice but supposing it does occur this is the brave new world we live in right um what are you doing are you one question is philosophically are you prosecuting a machine what jurisdiction are you prosecuting in how would that work so uh, ron actually daos were actually meant to uh, form a sort of e governance okay so if you might have heard about it because if i talk about what actual governance is from a very structural perspective a governance is basically a set of agreements which we have different between the parties and okay. these agreements take form of contracts individual rules formal or informal agreements guidelines processes or any sort of procedures that we follow but collectively this constitution or we may call as a rule book regulates okay. the conduct and relation between the parties or the entities so if i take blockchain into this picture mm-hmm. using blockchain based smart contracts we have a self executing set of agreements and these agreements would be open secure and provide accountability and transparency because furthermore like each parties could be sure that commitment would be kept right thus it is it is possible to visualize an organization where all internals and external relationships are managed via blockchain smart contracts right because a smart because a smart uh, dao would exist in virtual space with smart contracts and they manage relationship between all the key actors that are present there in the governance right and the organization would have no central control and it would be administered entirely on web and it would have no reliance on any conventional legal contracts so autonomous okay. machines agents would actually manage 
most activities and agreements and would be self enforcing via blockchain right and what okay. i see is what my perspective is sooner many countries would be the first to adopt blockchain governance and provide the model of for more transparency high scalability or better efficiency or at least resistant to external pressure by any sort of external or any system to follow right there might be various challenges if we form any sort of e governance because uh, if i see like while numerous challenges existing like exist in the uh, from the technology or any sort of legal or regulatory perspective uh there are already some developing countries that are moving towards blockchain based real estate registration or transfer system could and you give me an example of a country that's doing something like that that sounds cool yeah so new zealand is one of the country that is doing that and in these countries what actually happens is the corruption and because the corruption or any lack of accountability are major problems so right. blockchain has actually solved this problem blockchain actually offers a way to get around these challenges and introduce a secure property rights so it all right. depends on how you adopt this dao because it came a very long time back if you see 2016 it was the existence of dao but then it it actually got defunct because of the incident that has happened and not many companies or many daos are actually present at the moment but ha uh, right. there are few companies or daos which are present if i talk about there's a nf dao yeah i'd, I'd love now, to i'd love to understand an example of an existing dao because i i get the sense that so far the dao is a is an idea it's an idea and in some ways an ideal right. i'm a little bit struggling to understand real world examples currently and i mean and i understand that that's fine with early stages of ideas but uh, yeah please uh, if you give me an example of an existing dao so i'll give you a i'll give you first a real life example of a dao uh, it's an example of dash it's an open source cryptocurrency in okay. fact it's actually the first dao dash and it is run by a subset of users and these are called master nodes these are the owner of uh, master nodes and have, and they have voting rights for that they okay. you can also state them as the shareholders and the vote on new proposals because they vote on all the new proposals the concerns of future of the organization so any master node even they get dividend of 45% on newly created dash okay and there is no central authority or any other than these master nodes so these are the uh, and for a dao uh, dash is also very complex because 10% of all the newly created dash coins go to the, goes to the treasury right so okay. these treasury is watched over by the dao uh, shareholders and anybody can right. submit ideas on how to spend this money it is a sort of venture capitalist if i have some idea i want to implement those ideas i have to present those ideas in front of the shareholders if they like those idea the approval will actually unlock the funding that is required by my project right got it and dash is actually very well known for one of its privacy feature uh, private send because it allows all the users to pay anonymously and these uh, okay. it, it is actually very critically because the main privacy feature is it is beneficial for all the illegal transactions right so this is a real life example of a very successful dao if i state because dash is actually uh, been functioning for a really long time and the and this is actually one of the real life examples which you can take into picture if i talk about the current scenario or a real life example of dao got it and where you mentioned i mean are we realistically is this something that we're going to see the public sector adopt more like since you mentioned e governance etc is this does this do daos have a future in the public sector uh what i think is in sort of e governance uh, dao actually has a future because uh once you have that set rules the corruption actually is out of the picture 
and the, because of transparency and the, all the ledgers are available to public, all your commitments are met. And after right. meeting all the commitments, you sort of have that uh, capability to run through the public. And because DAO is actually like, I can't state that it would be 100% implemented. But then sure. if I see the adoption rate that is going at the moment, I can see that e-governance can be a part of 21st century. Okay. And in the private sector, for example, could something like an Amazon be a DAO like at some point? Like, are we, is that what we're looking at? Or is this yeah. like a whole different space and does it work better for things like venture capital and fund investing? So what if I t- uh, tell you, Rohan, that you, have you heard about Amazon Go? Or if I tell you if there's a, uh, there's a store that is fully operated by uh, AI. Okay. I have heard of Amazon so, Go, but okay, the right. store that's completely operated by AI and? Exactly. So it is a form of DAO, but then it falls under a partial DAO because Amazon already has a store, Amazon Go, and they brand it as Amazon Fresh in the UK. And right. it is fully operated by uh, AI. So what we need in a DAO is there should be no human intervention, right? So here we have that partial DAO. There is no human intervention is involved in Amazon Go only at the place where you have to fill these inventories. Mm-hmm. But if, if I look around the shopping experience of any customer, once you pick the item and you, you just have to go, uh, you just, like it's a go checkout. You just have to get out of the store and you, you get the bill. So this is a form of partial doubt that Amazon can, like this is a real life example where I can say that Amazon might get into, might become a DAO someday. Okay. But eventually this, so it clearly states that like the companies in today's dates are, most of the companies in today's data are in the state of partial DAO and sooner right. or later when the adoption rate increases, we can see a lot of organizations that are completely dissolving themselves into DAO framework. Right. So it's something like a DAO framework though then, right? Where say decisions are being taken either on the basis of votes or uh, AI on the blockchain. So like a genuine question here, like, like especially in the world of finance, for example, then say we go the DAO way. What happens to say your job, Gaurav, in that situation? Like how does that fundamentally change? Like A, like all the way to, do you still have this job that you are currently doing? Does that still exist in a world that has moved to DAOs? And if not, and if it does exist, in what different state does it exist? Is what I'm trying, because there's a lot of talk here, obviously, of automation and removal of humans. But the fact is that people are going to need jobs and money. So what happens to say, especially since we have been talking a lot about the world of finance for one is, so say, how would your role evolve if if, if your company or if your organization moved to a more DAO uh, framework? Right. So if I talk about my job, uh, if, if there's a complete autonomous or if entire process become autonomous, I, I'll say that uh, in finance, there are a lot of sectors that you need to take care about. Because if I talk about research, you have to do all those technical, fundamental mm-hmm. and quantitative analysis, which, which a process or a algo would actually do. But then there's this one small thing that is left in the market that are sentiments. And a machine cannot and can never judge any sentiments. Okay. And once those sentiments, because a researcher would definitely not go into all those quant, technical and uh, analytical, but then he was also, he would also go and look forward for sentiments of the market. Right. So I don't think uh, a machine can entirely, what do you say? Substitute a researcher, but then uh, it can actually help a researcher to get more accurate trades or it can help actually uh, make more better market predictions. It could help me analyze a market in a very better state. 
so i would say that my job would be safe i would be i would not be going anywhere if uh, dow comes into picture but then even if there's dow there would be humans that would be needed to take some decisions because at the end of the day right. you need those tokens to have that voting right sure so i hope you understand because uh, for example if there's a capital wire dow and mm-hmm. i am releasing 1 million tokens to the public right so to have those voting rights i'll distribute all those tokens and the person who's having maximum tokens would be having the maximum weightage on my voting right so those tokens so, are in essence just shares then exactly it's a form of traditional shareholdings but then on a virtual platform got it but here these are more transparent because uh, what happens is anybody on any platform would be able to see your uh, transactions but then there's also a disadvantage to that that all your operations are public on a uh, public platform and for example if daos are basically open source and right. dao being an open source they are also prone to attackers so the codes that are available to all the developers are also available to all the attackers right right so, so that's a problem i mean how do you protect against something like that so that's the entire point here because even if i talk about blockchain i talk about cryptocurrencies or i talk about dao these are all are on the budding stage so once uh, the uh, adoption increases the technology increases so sooner or later this might be more secure or more transparent but the only reason we are not able to enter into full dao state is because uh, there are a lot of uh, security issues that might be there with dao got it so that's actually very very informative i'm just going to try and sum it up please uh, feel free to interrupt me and correct me if i'm wrong anywhere uh, dao is yeah. a decentralized autonomous organization this is an organization that essentially aims to distribute decision making power and transparency across the blockchain by replacing a lot of what would be human interaction based functions or decisions with decisions that are made by transparent voting on the blockchain or through smart contracts that trigger automatically when actions are taken so payments happen when payments are supposed to happen work happens when work is supposed to happen etc all of that there an interesting idea in the sense that you're looking at an organization that is democratic in terms of the people who are the shareholders and the value holders they get to make decisions we're looking at an organization that is inherently stateless which is great and interesting but also leaves questions of jurisdiction and we're looking at organizations that still because they're in their infancy have not yet fully sort of matured as an idea and there are still security issues that need to be addressed for this to take its next leap forward into being all it can be right wrong is that accurate you got it 100% thank you that was a little complex but thank you so much gaurav for being patient and answering my questions i really appreciate it i'm going to be honest and say this was uh, an area of decentralized finance that confused me but uh, you've been very lucid so thank you i appreciate it this has been a show about crypto And my guest today has been Gaurav Garg, who has talked to us about DAOs. Gaurav, thank you so much for being on the show, and we will see you all again next week with another episode.